What's up? We are joined today by my guild leader at Island 7 and Ragnarok Origin content creator, Little Fatty of the Guild Dynasty, as he talk about, well, supposedly guild management 101, but he went way beyond that. We hope you enjoy this episode and chat with us at Discord for any suggestions or questions you may have with us or with our guests. Bye! Alright, um, we have another episode coming in because Cody Wampo Dad is not feeling very well. So I just opted to create a bonus episode today rather than a usual episode that we have uh, every week. Um, and we are joined today by actually my guild leader, <laughs> Little Fari. <laughs> yeah, so so it's been it's actually been a long time coming. I wanted to interview him, but I wanted to gain some traction with my podcast first uh, before anything else, just so that um, I wanted to be more comfortable doing the podcast before I interview like big league guys, <laughs> like 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 LF. <laughs> So, so before anything, do you want to introduce yourself, our, our guest for today? Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm usually known by my moniker as Little Fatty, um, but my real name is Michael. Um, you know, just uh, basically, just like most of us uh, played RO since R one days. Um, you know, early early two thousands. Uh, you know, grew up with the game, fell in love with the game. Uh, you know, fell in love with the uh, whole community aspect of it, which I think is uh. In all, in all honesty, it's probably more pronounced in Southeast Asia because of the uh, internet cafe type of like PC bang type of uh, uh, culture we have there. So uh, yeah. I think that's why it's probably more popular uh, with Southeast Asia. Although it does have the same pull with some people in NA, and it's not nearly as like big. Um, but yeah, that's basically my short history of uh, <laughs> of of uh, Ragnarok Online. <laughs> yeah, it was Ragnarok Online your your first game? The first uh, ever first game you played? RPG? First time, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I, I'm actually trying to think about what what uh, MMO came before that. I think Ragnarok is one of the first ones, right? Uh, it's not well, not like the earliest, but definitely one of the earlier earlier ones. Um, you know, you have your classic. I believe, I believe WoW um, was already out. What was WoW first? Time. Really? Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but I know EverQuest for sure, and other games like similar to that. Oh yeah, maybe Probably. those those EverQuest games, right? Because yeah. yeah. yeah, I remember, I remember when uh when I was a, a kid, like in grade school, the only game I was playing before Ragnarok was Counter Strike and yeah. Starcraft. The uh, no, not even I think the normal Warcraft. I'm not the sure what Warcraft. came first, yeah, Starcraft yeah. or Warcraft. Yeah, the yeah. normal Warcraft. Yeah, around and red alert. I remember red alert. Red alert. Yeah, and Counter Strike. Yeah, uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then and from from Ragnarok Online, what was where did you play in Ragnarok Online, the, the original one? The original one. Um, so I played in the Philippines. I uh, actually grew up in the Philippines. I stayed there till like probably the first quarter of my junior uh, year in high school. Um, I got introduced to it uh, in during grade school. Um. Uh, it was it was surreal. Uh, it was definitely a whole new experience for me. It was in a time where, like, you know, I thought luck meant like, you know, I, it would drop me more like rare gear. I didn't know that it was like yeah. <laughs> or something like that. So it was a very innocent time. It was a very new time. I didn't know even know like what what like K meant. It's like when somebody said like, oh, somebody was selling like uh, uh, selling pouring egg, fifteen K. I gave him fifteen zenny and he canceled the deal. And I was like, what's wrong with this guy? You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sure I'm sure all of us at that time like I I think I told this in a previous episode of the podcast. I remember that um for me the most expensive thing to sell in the NPC was Bill of Birds. So I think until I reached like and I, I created a, a, a swordsman which for some reason I, I my nickname there was very Jejemon but it was I think Merchant of Death. Merchant, but it's a swordsman for some reason. I don't. Know, I, I forgot the reason why I made into swordsman, and I just leveled up at Peko Peko until maybe I reached uh-huh. level seventy and just sold Bill of Birds in NPCs. And I was so proud of making my first hundred thousand zenny. Yeah. Not realizing that that's that's just that's low compared to a lot of things. Yeah. You know? All the min maxers out there at the time. Yeah. I mean, at the time it was just like it was something new. We were enjoying it. We didn't really think much of it. Uh, the names, yeah. especially the names. Oh my god! It's like you have any idea the amount of like people who were put putting their crush's name on uh, their characters. I'm a, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? What? What's what, what your first IGN? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, so basically, I had a crush on this girl. Right? Uh, her name. Her name was uh, Janie. It was it spelled as Janine, but it was um pronounced as Janine. Uh. uh her last name was like Oi or something like that, U Y. Um, so basically, I mixed both our names, and my name is Michael. So my name was actually like it was started with capital J, lowercase A, capital M, lowercase I K E, and I just cringe about it every day. Yeah, you should use that for your answer. <laughs> it, doesn't, it, it doesn't sound bad actually like it, 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 if you yeah, don't know the background to it it, it, it sounds really nice yeah once you know it's like, <laughs> pretty crazy <cringy. laughs> and then what and what did you start with um, here in Ragnarok Origin you're a wizard but is that, is that really your, your class or is that just really a, a preference I think the in terms of meta at this point um, yeah I the funny thing is like before in R1 I never played a wizard um Def- I, as I as I grew older and as I like you know started to get more competitive with games, uh, that's when I really started to you know tend to play towards the meta and um, you know kind of start to be like a meta slave um, you know almost. And uh, but before then, uh, I was also very competitive. Um, I uh, used to play mainly monk, like champ champ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would run around as a baby monk sometimes. Uh, my in game was Bubwit at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I was a baby monk running around and like you know running around PV- the PvP room, and uh, in, yeah. in Islud, that I remember the most popular yeah. PvP room in yep. PC is Islud. Islud, yeah. just uh, just Asura and just log out after Azura, character select. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just save SP potions. Yeah, oh. and and uh, so so you're, you're a champ, and then what made you decide to go into wizard in Ragnarok Origin? Um, the first, your first Ragnarok Origin game was in NA, right? Or did you play any private servers or Korea before? I played Korea before, just to you know, just to kind of like do a bit of a dry run, just so I'm a little bit familiar at least. I knew that they were gonna eventually do NA, and they were definitely gonna do CBT in NA, so I can fami- refamiliarize with the game then. Um, so I played Kara for a little bit, very short time, um, probably like a month or two, and then uh, you know I just you know, wrote down information and prepared for the NA launch because I wasn't going to deal with, like, KR ping. It was horrendous. Like, playing an emulator is bad enough. Uh, Mm. Playing on an emulator while being halfway across the world is pure agony. So, (laughs) I I prepared for NA. When NA NA came, it, uh, you know... um, But the thing was, uh, the the meta vastly shifted when it came to NA. 
Um, I yeah. remember watching. Um, uh, I think uh, his name was G's playing again. Uh, oh yeah, I think he's one of the. I actually want to to interview him soon because I think he's one of the not really OG but one of the first or the earliest ones that I, I watched in YouTube yeah. about Ragnarok so, Origin. Yeah, I saw I saw like a video of him basically discussing patch notes, uh, like buffs. Like this was like a huge like patch note, and uh, it was I think it's the first time I ever saw him do it. Uh, he said that uh, you know wizards were getting buffed, caster wizards in particular were getting buffed. And I knew then and there that like going into NA, there was going to be a new meta. And I had no way of figuring that out until the game actually started. And, um, uh, you know, uh, it was just basically a lot of preparation. Uh, a lot of the things were right. A lot of things were wrong. And um, we kind of started refining that through playing NA over the course of like over a year. And, uh, you know, that's that's what I based my tier list off of uh, video. And then, you know, coming into NA, I kind of had this quota of classes that we needed because um, you need a minimum of a certain class in order to succeed. Because mm. uh, if you don't, then you don't even have the minimum requirement for, a, you know, for a defense. In which case, yeah. anybody can just break your defense at that point. So it was very crucial that we meet, like, a, a certain threshold of numbers when it came to meta classes. Yeah. Uh, actually, personally, I think the the meta at this point is somewhat what I call somehow a Zerg meta, just because there's no professor yet. I think an income of professor in in the game makes the meta more different. Now it's very AOE centric, right? So maybe we can talk about like meta. We can talk about strategy if you want. Of course, depending on how how private your strategies are or how how public no, um, you think that yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of it, like a lot of it is like basic. Um, like once LP becomes a thing, land protector, or uh, they call it something else, like Earth. Something Earth in this. field. I forgot they were, but yeah, it's land like protector that. for I the veterans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, basically, what that does is like it just makes the, um, it just makes it more dynamic. Um, yeah. Whereas before it was a little bit more static, uh, and the main requirement for defense before was just discipline. As long as you had like a certain threshold of you know, of certain classes and then you have um you know you have discipline with what in terms of like what everybody should be doing and everybody knowing and doing what they should be doing then you'd have a pretty solid defense it'd be pretty hard to break um and as long as you need to you know how to build that defense in any type of choke point all of a sudden like it works out really well for you um, but with the introduction of LP, it definitely does make things a lot more dynamic because there are, is a lot of like counter LPing. There's a lot of like um, you know, Gambit team becomes even more of a, a factor now. Um, so it even becomes it actually makes wizards even more important in that you know in that regard. Um, and there's going to be things called not just in War of Imperium but also in like 40v40s. These things called like LP pushes, pretty much. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know, or may may or may not know, that uh, LP cancels out safety walls and numas. So, yeah. a lot of the times, if somebody knows how to stack LPs, I mean, I mean, uh, safety walls and numas in the, in, you know, at a certain a certain stack, it becomes very hard to push up against them because they're protected to a certain degree, uh, based up based off of like what classes. If they see that you have a lot of like range classes, they're gonna just pile up on numa. If they see you have a lot of uh, a lot of like you know, uh, like physical classes that are trying to go in like dd crit synexes they'll start stacking safety walls and aoe's yeah. stack. but lp kind of changes all that right so if lp makes it so turtling becomes very hard yeah. uh, somebody could just toss an lp on your stack and then you know all your safety walls and stuff are gone and they could just blast your whole stack 
I think they already patched Ganbantain, right? Because if I remember in ROV1, Ganbantain couldn't, um, unlike ROPC, Ganba couldn't um, nullify the earth field or the land protector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they already patched it. Even in NA, did, did they already patch Ganbantain to work on land protector or just I in Taiwan? So, yeah, because um, I didn't play Wizard in, uh, in NA, but uh, I know that every time an LP was uh, put down, uh, we would have mm. wizard sailing. I'm gonna ban it right now, and then you know. Yeah, just uh, just drop yeah. the priorities on time. So yeah. I think we'll it's really it. more of like synergy, and yeah, we still have to test it somehow. So just just a little background. Um, I'm actually I actually just joined Dynasty here in Ragnarok Origin Global. Um, but for me personally, just not not really to. But well, I guess it's it's a, it's really a compliment when we were talking about what guild we're really going to join. Um, it's just really. We just really wanted to be as competitive as possible. And from what we know, Dynasty is probably one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive guild in NA. Um, so I think that that was really where our decision is. So um, I really wanted to know more about Dynasty, which I really did not get to because everything in Ragnarok... I thought, I thought when we started Ragnarok Origin Global, it would start very slow. Because from my experience, like when you when you start when you start, I think ROV one, you really start very slow. I remember um, playing in NA um, and finish everything by two hours. I just go do MR after two hours. But yeah. I was so surprised about the amount of content here in like V two when we entered Ragnarok Origin Global. I really did not get to know much about the guild. Um, but I, I like just slowly through while playing. But I just wanted to ask about the history of the guild. Like actually, even before that, I just wanted to ask about your competitive history. Where where did you start playing competitively? What game did you start playing competitively, and how did you uh, establish the guild or the group? Oh yeah, so um, it's a it's a bit of history. Um, uh, so like on a on a personal level, um, I you know pretty much like at, at a certain point in time, I was like I was came from a broken family, so my you know my therapy, my hub was basically uh, you know uh, internet cafes. Uh, so what I would do there is I would play a lot. I would do a lot of PvP. Um, the you know the college students there, they 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 know the owner. They really treated me like fa- me like family, right? Like it's like uh, you know I would have certain days where like. They would feed me like pancit canton or like thais tea or yeah. something, like that. and yeah. and you know I I would like do war of imperium for them for example, and then it became a thing where um I I started realizing that that like uh, like oh there's actually demand for like for my for my skills so and I remember I was playing in Odin and then I would pay, play for this guild in chaos and they would do the same thing and then eventually there was this uh, what guild were you in chaos uh, in chaos because I played chaos. I was uh, at, well. We started off in uh, Stronghold as a guild called Stronghold, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, eventually we, uh, you know, we formed up with like uh, the guys from Iluilo, which uh, was finest. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, I know about that. Yeah, yeah. So, Is it that Loki? I think they 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 uh, went to or just or chaos. I, I forgot, but right? yeah, it was chaos. Oh, chaos. Okay. And then um, and then eventually when the Odin server came. Um, a lot of the people from Illuilo Spinus, they wanted to like you know try out the new server, start new, and you know they they made a guild in there called uh, it was called Tears in Hell, like <laughs> and it was the emblem was basically the Sharingan, right? And uh, we played there for a little bit, and then eventually I joined this guild called um, it was a guild called Astronics in Loki. Uh, it was they were Bacala based. Um, you know, it was they were very they were very kind to me. They were very nice to me. They treated me like a little brother, pretty much. Uh, 
you know, and I would vote for them. And then, you know, at the same time, you know, I would kind of get paid in food at the time. Like, you know, mm. it would be like Jollibee. It was just a treat for me, by the way. That was a look. Yeah. So I had a really fun time with them. They were, you know, besides the, besides the fact that, like, I was pretty much essentially paid with food to, to, to woe for people. Uh, their environment was very, it was very brotherly. Uh, yeah. it, you know, it definitely feel, felt like, and this is like, it, this is very common in a lot of, um, a lot of like the guilds that I went to. It, it, it always feels like a family. It's like, it, it transcends the game. It transcends yeah. the game so much that like every single person that I used to play with, I still talk to. I still keep tabs on them. I, they still, you know, they still like, uh, when when a new game comes out, they still like DM me and they they, they ask me like, okay, are, are you going to play this game? I was like, what do you think about this game? This rule, blah blah whatever. And you know, it's it's just a lifetime friendship, pretty much. It's like a lifetime bond that you know you can't really get it. I don't think you can really get it in NA. Um, mm-hmm. It was very special to Southeast Asia, especially. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so basically, after that, once I found that out, I started to kind of like practice more and more and more. And then eventually, I think in 2005 was when uh, we went to the Ragnarok uh, Philippine uh, Championship, like uh, the RPC. Yeah. RPC. Like uh, I still have photos of it in my on my Facebook. Yes, same, uh, same. So, I, I still sometimes I say it in my Facebook also. <laughs> yeah. So long ago, huh? <laughs> yeah. and, it shows uh, our age, right? <laughs> and it was funny because like it was at the time a lot of things happened with that. But that was such a, an amazing experience for me, and I really thoroughly enjoyed that like i was like this you know 13 year old kid with like or you know um playing with like all these college kids and adults and i was like the youngest one there um and that's actually where the the name like dynasty was inspired from um so there was this uh this team it was in cebu by the way the tournament there was this team called it was actually a team called dynasty um Mm. we faced up against them and you have to realize like oh this is all i did all i did was play ro I was used to carrying. I was, I was used to like winning all the time. Right? I would like just nonstop practice because, like, you know, that was my pride. That was like that was got that was what got me fed, right? So in my head, I was like, okay, survival mode. Let's try to do this. Um, and then when we got to that stage, we, you know, the, we, our our the first game, our our hunter actually forgot to buy arrows. So <laughs> and we somehow managed oh, to man. like uh, stomp through that game. Um, and so the confidence, confidence was definitely high, and we got into like what was it like the semifinals or something like that, and we came up with uh, we came up against um, uh, that the, the, the dynasty team, and you know obviously I was young kid, very cocky, uh, you know thought I was the best, and you know because of the amount of time that I put into this, and um, their team synergy was so good and their discipline was so good that everybody knew what they should do and regardless of like what the situation was they all they never forgot their role right if like um their hunter never never forgot to focus either uh the wizard to try to cancel the cast or let's say like if uh if the tether on the devotion got cut off um their hunter would actually non-stop just like kite around and hit hit like the the paladin and then it would cancel the cast for the devotion which you know would is spells for a lot of, like huge trouble if you don't have devotion on your on your main carries. So that was like very eye opening for me. It's like okay, so individually you can be very good, but in a team game, if you don't have teammates that you 
uh, incredibly like synergized with and this is like uh, a fault of our own because like the night before instead of like practicing for a pc we're playing dota so uh, <laughs> and it's very popular at that time huh? <laughs> yes. so we were doing that because like you know it's like we on a, on a personal level we were all, co- were all confident about our skills but we never really developed like synergy right um so after that experience i it, it really like stayed in my mind at the time um so from that day forward uh i kind of saw the name like dynasty as like this symbol of like no matter how good you think you are you should never get complacent because there are always people that are all also trying just as hard as you and if you slack off they're going to keep trying hard and you're going to fall behind and so that's basically what dynasty symbolized for me and that's why going forward uh for for some time i actually had dynasty as my ign as a reminder for that and then um quickly started to realize that like hey this whole you know the whole dynasty thing it's bigger than me right it's like it's not just it's not just me just like in that tournament it wasn't just about me it was about the team it was about the community that they had and that's why i created the dynasty community um mm-hmm. and kind of like you know uh had that as like my brand almost um uh but yeah that that was that that was that and uh again like that that whole experience was just amazing um it wasn't just like the competitive part actually i i remember i actually uh after this, I was like 13, 13, maybe 14 years old, almost 14 years old at this time. And I had this huge, um, had this huge crush on the GM, uh, GM OD, mm. like o- ODIN, but with an E at the end. So it's like, I guess, make it more, a little bit more feminine, feminine. Yeah. Um, I actually asked her out, which I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Big boy, <son. laughs> at, at the time, I had no idea that, hey, a 13 year old. And maybe like somebody who who graduated from college, maybe I'm like maybe she's like mid twenties or something. It's not a good look for her. So like you know that's pedophilia, and I was gonna send her to jail if anything. So, <laughs> um, so but she was very nice. She was very nice. She um, uh, you know she she let me down gently, and uh, you know actually like gave me some some goodie bags and some like you know some merch and, <laughs> some consolation prize like, like 13 i was like i was like wow she's really cute oh she knows how to and i saw i saw her like play uh i think she was playing like on one of the um the pcs that they had at the mall and yeah. uh, i saw her pvp and i was like wow she's good and it's like wow i'm in love I'm like, <laughs> 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 like that was all i knew and then uh yeah after that it was i, I remember very fondly um at 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 that time we went to like a bar or something and uh, i was the only one drinking iced tea basically and eating food everybody else is trying to get like her all that um this was the time when um i think it was like tell me where it hurts like the rendition of like mymp <laughs> was very famous so like, i was all like wow like really like i just got rejected you're gonna play this like song live with a live band in the spot like oh my god that was like i remember that was like the most i think probably the first time i ever could recall that i was very just heartbroken and mind you like before this i was i had a girlfriend for like a month and then you know that wasn't even heartbreaking to me when we broke up because i broke up with her and you know that that was like the my first True, I guess you could say like I wonder if you could say like true heartbreak, but <laughs> it was it was uh, definitely hitting me in the field at the time. I I know now the title of this episode. Tell me where it hurts with the fatty. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a what a ride, man! I, I yeah. have so many RO stories. It's crazy. Yeah, but 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 I think that see, in a way, I'm I'm fortunate or happy that we were able to go into that era i think it's so it's very hard to capture that same feeling 
yeah. before, right? Like the the lands, the face to face, even with Dota, right? Um, the the yeah. just playing with with trash talking someone beside you or in front of face to face, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's really fun, and the trash talking even goes to like RPCs, or WCs. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and the, the hacking, the the key logging, like it's not even like an app. It's just someone standing beside behind you while you're typing yeah, yeah. in your username and password, and those eyes are so quick knowing what you type, and and then you just you know after five minutes, someone's logging into your account on the other computer shop. So, so I don't think both those. It, it, it's really nice always to reminisce, and it's it. That's why I think Ragnarok Online has a big place in a lot of people's hearts, especially for those that are of our age, uh, because of these memories, you know. Yeah, and uh, it was yeah. it, it. It helped me. It, it just it basically did help me. It wasn't just a game that I enjoyed. It was a game that like actually helped me survive, right? Because like I mean, they're not yeah. like our our PH is not gonna ban me anymore because the game doesn't exist there anymore. But like at the time, like I was definitely like abusing like tos uh it was i i remember like as a kid i, I was um taking advantage of like this it was an app called windows hider so what i would do is i would uh i would i would use open core to you know bot for people mm-hmm. for yeah. like a fee it's like 100 100 pesos like uh you know uh oh like a pilot like a pilot service <laughs> but i would i would yeah. so it would like farm like uh non-stop i would actually do it in the in the in one of the like the hidden pcs in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the internet cafe and i would just like put windows hider so like nobody could see it and i would hide the windows hider as well and so like unless you knew like which hotkey it was or which combination it was to press it wouldn't show itself so only i really knew about it and that that also helped me you know like sit survive <laughs> so uh but yeah ro ro is such a ride man it's uh I, it just let you be like, allowed you to be friends with people from all walks of life um i remember um i i hope she's i hope she's doing well now um but at the time i was actually friends with um and this was i became friends with her when i moved to the u.s already i was already like 16 at the time i think yeah 16 um you know i was in a new country uh felt very lost didn't really have a lot of friends but i knew that i had ro so i installed ro you know ragnarok online like ph so i was still playing ro ph and uh i became friends with this uh she was uh she was like post-op like trans mm. um and um that was that like that that was like that wasn't even like all of it too like she also worked as an escort for <laughs> the philippines i remember her i, I remember her tagline her her thing on like um on like her website it was like the the finest pearl of asia something like that her her name in game was princess piao liang i remember um mm. and it's uh getting somebody's perspective from like such a different life compared to yours and what they go through and like their mindset their perspective everything it really does open up it's like you know how like the term well traveled yeah what you have, what you can, you enjoy, you experience other people's like perspectives, cultures, all that. Aro was basically like that. You were well traveled without traveling anywhere physically because you were traveling to this like other world, and there's people from like all walks of life, and you get to like be friends with them, you get to communicate with them, and you have no basis for what they look like, just their avatar, right? So uh, there was no prejudice there. There was no like you know, there was nothing really to judge there. Um, Unless they were wearing like a sun god helm, then you know you kind of knew that they were <laughs> <laughs> they were stacked. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, it's just RO probably you know a lot of people just it means to a lot of people for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, like, so um, I I think um, 
it it really opens up. I forgot what I was gonna say, but anyway, <laughs> I'll go back to what I was gonna say if I, if I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of your um competitive career, like where where did you start? You really started in RO and then you didn't stop from there, like yeah. until Ragnarok Origin went out. You're just playing Ragnarok online. Yeah, it's uh, it was kind of like um, that's why I, I kind of I was I don't like re- like kind of lament it as much, but like I I kind of think about it sometimes. Like, what if I was born in this era where esports was actually like profitable? I wonder if I could have made it. Something something like that. same same. Sometimes I think about it. Yeah, I, I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that I think that's why really why a lot of people play online games, and I think um, it formed me somehow because I also played a lot of online games even as a kid. It kind of formed what I am today. Like I think my personality was formed of being able to to communicate and being able to talk with different people in different um. Like different perspectives, yeah. And uh, uh, same as you, I think even when Ragnarok Origin Global came out, I think one of the main reasons uh, why I played it is because there are a lot of people or a lot of friends who I even sometimes I haven't played. Yeah, I just played with them in Ragnarok One, and then I haven't played with them for like ten plus years already. And then now they just suddenly pop up in my Facebook saying that oh they'll be playing <laughs> Ragnarok Ragnarok Origin Global, and they, even if I know that they'll probably just play for a week or so. Um, at least I'll be able to play with them again for just even just for a short while, and the, yeah. all the all nostalgia comes comes back in, and all the oh I actually for learned this from sake. you, uh, yeah, for all time's sake. So you know, so so yeah, so I think that that's that's what's nice about it. So going back to to the topic at hand, sorry. Um, so you just played Ragnarok PC until Ragnarok Origin came out. Um, uh, I played Ragnarok PC. I uh. Played consistently until like 2013, 2014, and then I like went on and off. I like bounced from like private server to private server, and uh, I think just um, RO kind of formed this whole competitive mindset um, in me to where like I even even when like I say that I'm gonna play this, I'm just gonna play this game casually. I can never, I could, I like my casual is like some people is like competitive, you know? Um, yeah. So I. You know, it's like when 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 you see when you see like how much work we kind of put in into into Rue and managing like the three guilds. Um, you know, it's like sometimes you're lucky if you can get like an hour or two of sleep a day. And uh, yeah, that, 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 I, 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 I'm I'm always very how can I say this in English? I'm always very amazed how you're able to manage three guilds at once. So right now, um, just for perspective, um, Dynasty currently has like three guilds. Going in uh, is dude seven, right? So we have dynasty, you have dynasty, and you have dynasty with somehow three different styles of play, but still have the same objective, right? So maybe, maybe I, I could give you the floor just to talk about it a little bit of like how do you manage guild this guilds or actually how do you manage a guild in general? Um, so uh, the best way to try to manage a guild definitely is try to have like a, a council. Um, you know, it's like obviously if you started the community, you started the guild, like you kind of have like by default, like kind of like veto powers almost. But, you know, mm. for the most part, it's like, it's always best to listen to other people's perspectives. And like a lot of the ideas, especially like a lot of the changes that we did in Discord uh, were suggested by like a lot of the members. And then, you know, it, sometimes it's like, we don't know if it works. We 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 don't know if it actually will, you know, uh, give us the result that we want, but we just give it a try. And if it works, amazing if it doesn't well it's okay at least now we know that it didn't work right so that's basically how we try to like you know get everybody involved as much as possible 
Um, but for the most part, we have the three guilds, not because like, you know, um, we're trying to have all three guilds dominate per se, even though, you know, it happens to be that way. Um, we have the three guilds because we try to offer in the community uh, three types of experiences. The Dynasty main guild is supposed to be where the uh, are the hardcore competitive players are. And uh, the, the bar for this one um, in terms of like commitment is pretty high. Um, and then we have the Dynasty 2, the second guild, which is for semi-competitive people. Uh, this is semi-competitive as in like they have set days where they're at work and they can't make events, for example. And it's a bit more forgiving. Um, and then we have Dynasty 3, which is uh, supposed to be for the people who just want to play casually, uh, but still want to be part of the community and, you know, enjoy being uh, ha- or having at least some sort of like organization to some degree, but nothing too crazy because obviously they're supposed to be the casual guild. They're supposed to be like the, the community only guild, but they also kind of like um, act as a placeholder for people that are trying to get into Dynasty 2 and Dynasty 3 and Dynasty 1. So... Uh, yeah, but that, even in the third guild, uh, the, the members there are somewhat still very competitive, yeah. you know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm so surprised about how how they how they fight in guild leagues and guild and guild expeditions. They still are really able to hold their ground. Yeah. And re- and actually some people there like really maybe maybe they have this mindset of they I really have to prove myself somehow. So they they become more competitive even versus the second or the first guild even when when you try to take a look at them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But so, but I think it's so. Um, I wanted to say now I was trying to find the right word for it. Like it's nakakabaliw. I don't like it. Just doesn't come in my mind right now. Like like in, in ROPC. So I I I I'm also a guild leader for some guilds before. Um, although of course oh, yeah. now the main reason why I joined the Dynasty is because I really don't have the luxury of time. Like yeah, how little fatty does. Like I couldn't imagine handling hundred a hundred people in one guild, and little fatty is handling like three hundred plus people in three different guilds with different personalities. You know the dramas within internally. Oh dear God. They, they all have they all have different perspectives. You know, like I remember in ROPC, you're just handling maybe what thirty people, sixty people, and that's already crazy enough. <laughs> so, so how do you how do you how how do you think your day goes like um, in terms of guild management? Like, uh, what usual problems do you have in terms of guild management, and how do you handle them? Um, uh, Sorry for putting you on the spot. <laughs> and you can be you can be as general as possible. Of course, you don't you don't need to go into the details. Yeah. Um, so basically, the the main thing is definitely keeping people in line. Uh, you know, there's always we're always gonna have the the pasal wise. Um, yeah. So um, you kind of have to let people or remind people that you hold them that you're being held to a higher standard, and that like at all mm. times that they know that like there is somebody out there that wants their spot. And if they mm. slack off and they decide to like you know not work you know like invest as much as everybody else is investing time wise, then you know they always have the option because we understand that like you know life life happens. Um, yeah, you get busy. Uh, sometimes you can't devote as much time into the game, and that's why we have the three guilds. If like you're trying to be you're, you want to be just semi competitive for a little bit, you can go to the second guild. If you want to be if you know, if let's say like uh, if you're a college student and life's getting busy, like let's say you have a thesis you have to take care of or something, uh, you know, you could always go to the second guild or you know um, the third guild and you still be part of the community. It's just that you know, like you're just well aware that you can't you know uh, devote as much time or effort into the game. Um, 
So it, it's it's always trying to get those people. It's it, we have a lot of channels that they can actually tell us if they just can't do anything. Um, and a lot of times I have to hunt people down, uh, ask them like, "Hey, are you actually um, gonna quit the game, or did you just like?" oversleep or something and which is completely fine like that's what the channel is there for but like when somebody's like offline for like a day and then you don't hear anything about them it's like the first thought is always oh, well i hope they're okay first of all like yeah. they didn't get wow. an accident or something that, that's that's a nice mindset because huh? for me personally when when i say in announcements that one day kick i'll just kick without asking <laughs> but, I, but that's true that's true there's always a lot of circumstances in a way you have to be very personal somewhat even if you just know them online because there's yeah. always a circumstance why they would not be able to go on, yeah. you know. So, so I think that that kind of mindset. Sorry for cutting you off. Huh? I think that that kind of mindset. I think that kind of mindset really grows through experience. Because I remember being um, very very strict initially, like at the start of my like competitive career. So double quotation marks like competitive career, and then now I think I think I've been able to find the right spot into which. I can lead, although of course I'm not leading anymore. But at least I, I already know my my sweet how do you spot. call this? Yeah, yeah, my sweet spot, my my somehow like personality in terms of leading. So yeah, yeah. So I think that that's just really gained through experience, right? Oh yeah. So what I think I think one of the main reasons why I didn't want to be guilty is I don't want people PMing me. I'm complaining about a member casing their spot, etc. That's, <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's something that I don't. And then you're the one that has to fix it because you're the guild lead. Somehow you represent, you pre- represent the guild. You know, so, mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I think that that's one of uh, like that's one of the qualities that you really have to to develop as a guild lead to be able to manage these things. Sorry, yeah. what you were saying? Oh yeah. Um... And it's something I know that's something that we're gonna be getting to later on, but uh, that actually ties into uh, the uh, the sky petite uh, quote unquote feature or bug. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It made it so my life was so relaxed when this thing was like happening. Like yes, I was grinding my brains out like every single day, but I received like zero complaints about spots getting taken, uh, people griefing spots because everybody had their own sky petites, and it was. Yeah, it was pure, pure blood. It, it was very. I, for I just wish there's open core for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's um, it's actually a little more. It's actually a little bit more relaxing. Uh, a lot, definitely a lot more mild than most like um, uh, Korean MMOs. Because usually when you say Korean MMOs, like you already know it's gonna be a grind. Right? When you see like uh, how we were in R01, when you saw like you know lineage, you saw Maple Story, where you could play like yeah. a whole week like nonstop, just like hardcore, and you'd be like level 35 oh, yeah. by the end of it. And yeah, um, but yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it uh, in terms of like the people uh, being you know. Uh, and and what change yeah. did they do with Sky Petit? Honestly, I, I I haven't experienced the change. Um, do you have any comment on? Yeah, because so, they, they issued a patch this morning uh, for GMT plus eight. It's two a.m. this morning. They issued a patch, yeah. but they did not specifically say that they fixed Sky Petite. But I heard from yeah. some of our guildmates that there was a change already. Yeah, um, so, was it significant enough to make you stop? <laughs> that that uh, yeah. there's no more I, taste of heaven. I think I think so. Um, it's uh, it's two things. The one thing is that um, they definitely doubled down because I it existed in KR, uh, it existed in NA. 
Um, and uh, I remember before because I was streaming for Anetsu, so I would I actually approach like uh, the CMs to try to say, "Hey, can you uh, contact the devs to see is this a bug or not?" Um, because I obviously it was, it was sorry, kidding. It was it was actually really uh, um, <clears throat> it was actually really good XP, right? So I was like, I asked them like, "Hey, can you ask the devs if this is allowed?" Because if it's allowed, I'm doing it. If it's not if it's not allowed, I won't do it. And the in verbatim, they basically told me like this uh, is actually not a bug. This this is determined to be a feature. So oh really? Yeah. So they, that's what they said, and I was like, okay, feature it is. Like, doesn't mind. Oh, so I did it. Okay. And then come come to today now. So they kind of doubled down on it. They didn't really make it so because if they were acknowledging this as not a feature and as a bug, they would have just made it so the Skype Tees no longer gave. XP. They would have made it so yeah, like right, anytime you change channels, the Skype thieves would no longer be there. But what they actually did was they made it so cha- changing channels no longer stops your CT. So, mm. and the reason why that is is because like usually when you hit a mob in NA, it was like eight seconds. In Global and KR, uh, it was like it's ten seconds. So when you hit a mob, a countdown, regardless if you feel, if you like stop attacking the mob or the mob dies, it counts down by like ten ten seconds. Um. Mm. And then when you hit a mob, it counts, it counts down to 10 seconds again. If you're continuously hitting a mob, then it keeps counting down and counting down and counting down. But once you hit, when, if, if you kill a mob and only one second has gone down and you change channel, it stops at that one second. So that grinding was actually not um, exclusive to that to that quest. You could do it anywhere in the mm-hmm. map as long as there's two channels. Yeah. Um, the caveat being the fact that like hopefully nobody is in either in that spot on either of the channels that you're hopping to. Um, yeah. So instead of saying that, yeah, the Skype petite thing is a bug, uh, you know, the Skype petite thing is, you know, is not a feature. Uh, they doubled down on it and they didn't quote unquote fix the Skype petite. They fixed the, the channel change. The changing channel. channel yeah. Yeah. So they, I, I was definitely, I definitely had a good laugh at that. It was very, uh, you know, as I was like, wow, they're very stubborn about this whole thing. They really deem it as a feature, I guess. <laughs> and um, then another thing too, is that like, it's kind of like a sense of liberation, sense of freedom, because um, I was grinding very efficiently on two accounts. So one account usually would take you around like maybe like six, seven hours. So like yeah. two accounts would take me like, you know, 12, 14 hours. Uh, God damn. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, I guess it's part for the course because I used to play Black Desert too. And uh, when I used to stream Black Desert, I'd be usually streaming like grinding 10, 16 hours a day. So that was definitely a lot harder on the wrists. Um, this one was a lot more relaxing, a lot more chill. Uh, I could pay attention to chat a little bit more and not lo- lose out on EXP per, per minute. <clears throat> but um, them actually changing the whole channel change mechanic now basically makes it so you can't do that anymore. And what that does now is it frees up a lot of time because... As long as that thing existed, even if I'm like feeling lazy that day, I still can't have help to. but do it because yeah. it, it exists. It's there. Yeah. If I don't do it, that's like I'm missing out on that. But if it's not there anymore, then all of a sudden you feel the sense of like freedom, the sense of liberation. Like I said, that now I don't have to do it anymore. What I'm going to do with this all this free time is like if I can finally edit videos, I can finally record videos, I can finally like you know do other stuff that. Um, you know, definitely needs a lot more uh, attention uh, instead of like dedicating like 14 hours, uh, 12 to 14 hours a day just grinding that spot. Yeah, that's true. So it's not as efficient now. 
So I, I think I think this has been known for a long time already, but it just really blew up. So I so I remember I, I saw in our guild chat people talking about like the the is it the ties or the Indos just knowing about it and then just doing it just I think a few days ago when <laughs> yeah. when you created the video, <laughs> the content, right? Or or is it is it more general knowledge before you you released the video? Um. So the thing was um. People were definitely very curious when I was streaming. Uh, they're asking like, "Why is your yeah. XP so, um, so, so, so much? Like, why is your level so high?" It's like, "Are oh, you probably in this probably in this account?" It's like, "Why is it? Why is its level so high?" Um, so what I was doing actually, I was um, when I was streaming my my account, and I'm pretty sure some people saw this as well. Like, my character would just be there in Frontera uh, sitting, right? And I would actually just have the OBS lock onto that client, but in the back. I'm actually grinding on other accounts. Well, <laughs> answering, people's, other accounts. Yeah, answering people's questions. So I was as I, as I was doing all that, and then eventually I told my I you know I talked to some of uh, I'm not going to name them by name, but I talked to some people that had t- some type of authority, and I was like, hey, um, just so you guys know, because just because I'm not making a video of this or I'm not doing it on stream doesn't mean that people haven't gotten curious. Yeah. One way or another. This is gonna get known. Yeah. You guys need to figure out your mind. Like you guys need to figure it out if you are willing to com- keep continuing calling this a feature, or you're gonna do something about it. Because like one way or another, people are gonna find out find out about this, and you know it's it's going to happen. And it's been ex- it's existed since KRNNA and NA devs like we're saying that like, yeah, it was a, it's a feature, not a bug. And you can, they can kind of say they're one of mine here, or they're being stubborn about it because. You know, they never acknowledge it as a bug either. Um, so I, that's why that's why I decided to make the video. Um, I was like, you know what? Let everybody know about it. Um, if they do something about it, they do something about it. But like in the meantime, uh, for the people that are paying attention to, especially to like to my YouTube, subscribe to me or whatever, um, they will know about this, and at least like they get some value off of like watching me, right? So that's why I did it, um, and then eventually it got very very popular. And uh, something that has existed since KR uh, finally got "quote unquote" whether like you know very indirectly "quote unquote" fixed. Um, so that's uh, that's all awesome milestone, I guess. <laughs> Somewhat, I'm, I'm a bit optimistic about how um, the devs at Ragnarok Origin Global respond to yeah. a lot of these things um, compared to. Sorry to say, compared to NA. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I think I was banned like four days after joining the Discord at NA just because I play at the private server. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's it somehow is such a different experience here at Ragnar Origin Global and makes you a bit optimistic about yeah. what will happen in the future, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm no and you know people are. Are used to me being very critical of NA too. There definitely were a lot of things done wrong there. Um, you know, you know what, you know something is wrong because like um, there was actually a player that I I know I know like personally that um, got doxxed by one of the CMs on Twitter. Like had had their what's their, it really? Yeah, they had their like using this. The CM was like basically using his um, uh, his own Twitter account, and then he tagged the. Uh, like you know, my friend's employer, and off of uh, something that she said on Discord. And when we looked at what we she said on Discord, she didn't even say anything bad. It was just a criticism of like the game and why it's and there or there were like pros and cons of like what should what what's what's you know what's good about this, what's bad about yeah, this. It was nothing, yeah. yeah, it was nothing like toxic. It was just 
actual constructive criticism and it resulted to that and um uh this happened to me too this is the reason why i got banned over there too like uh for the first few times is that um there was we didn't have monster annihilation in na and yeah i remember i remember yeah. the that yeah yeah the justification that we got was that uh and i quote na is different that was all that we got as an explanation and i and you know so i saw outlined all the stuff that like made this bad and you know and kind of put it in like in in a very good presentation i would say it was like bullet points that i put in uh why, why this is good and uh, why this is really bad for the free-to-play crowd and the reason why like we're seeing a drop in player in player base is because a lot of the free-to-play players that don't have access to monster annihilation will just never get the card that they want like you can see it in global right now everybody like regardless of like free-to-play or not are getting like skull worker cards tower frog cards or like yeah. hydra cards that wasn't happening in na the only way that you could have a chance is if you use your ct and you fall behind And, um, or you gotcha. <laughs> yeah, or you gotcha. You gotcha, the gotcha the is very expensive, by the way. It's like when you bought like a hundred dollar pack of yans, it was thirty nine hundred yans. In order to to do a times ten pull, you had to pay four thousand five hundred yans. So you were paying like a hundred thirty something dollars just for a times ten pull. Here you pay a hundred bucks and you get like two pulls and you get eight hundred yans left over, right? So yeah, the the way that it was managed and the being the only justification being like any different was definitely a. Um, a huge thing and uh, they they kind of shot themselves in the foot at one point when they changed their defense into something where well, we're, we're going to implement these changes because we quote-unquote respect people's time and i outlined the time again and like see so like kind of pointed out how much of a time waster it was and i guess what i got banned again um so it became a a whole meme and every time that we said something that like hey it's uh if you guys really respect people's time then why are you making it so east coast players have to stay up to like 2 a.m 3 a.m just to be able to, to attend your events i thought this was an na um yeah uh server yeah that's true <laughs> yeah you could have just called it a west coast server um so it, it was this, this whole it was like so many things going wrong done wrong and like there were no they weren't very receptive with with constructive criticism Because it, it, it became very clear to us once we started presenting like bullet points almost of like what the pros and cons of certain changes are and why they should be reverted, why should they should be changed. And, you know, it wasn't saying we weren't demanding changes. We were just suggesting that, hey, maybe you guys should change this because this is really bad and this is why. Um, but instead of taking that and being thankful for that, um, all we got instead was get, getting a ban. And I know I had like a, a bit of a, a personal like grudge against that guy uh, per se because like, Uh, I got banned for something, which was the monster annihilation thing. And um, the next day, somebody sent me a screenshot after after they after like, he banned me that um, he he was saying like, oh yeah, like I've I've been fighting for this this whole time. I will get this thing, guys, this this thing to you guys. And then I'm just thinking in my head like, wait, but what you just said was basically what I said in those bullet points, and then you banned me for it. Yeah. So were you really fighting for it? Or are you are you just going to take credit for it? It's uh, it, it was very weird. It felt like the the twilight zone almost. Mm. And 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 did that play a part in you moving to Ragnarok Origin Global? Oh yeah. And your yeah. guild. Yeah. The reason why we stayed was for the people, for us, for the friends that we made there. Um, you know, I, you know, at one point it's um. I think it was like it was just basically dynasty and panda and we had merged together and because like there, there was just it was basically just two big guilds just going back and forth um and then uh you know it was it was it was a bit of a dominance to to for a very long time to the point where like i actually went over to other servers and shot called for like other guilds um 
just to try to like you know teach them how to fight teach them how to organize all that um but once taiwan came out this was this was a turning point for me i um I, I have a friend that works for gravity as like you know what in their in their art team and then she told me like hey taiwan's releasing they have a pc client i was like a, a what and she's like yeah pc client I'm yeah like, that, that's game changing man yeah when i heard about that also yeah so i went ahead and tried it out in taiwan and even though the latency was not good it was you know it was horrendous uh there's like two second delays the game still somehow felt smooth enough for me to go like what the hell do we have in NA? Like, why don't we have this? Like, you know how much better the game would be if we actually had a PC client like that? And then we, and I remember we uh, had people ask it in the Discord and I, they, you know, I was banned so I couldn't ask myself. So they asked them like, hey, are we actually going to get this PC client? And the reply that we got was somewhere along the lines of, we don't have enough resources. Um, so basically, we're, you're never going to get the PC, a PC client. And for a lot of people in NA, to us, that was like, okay, so we're never going to get this PC client. Uh, Global's mm-hmm. right around the corner. What now? Um, yeah. And the decision became very easy for us at that point. And it was basically and to I, move to Global. And I think I wanted to tie it into our topic today, into managing your members' um, reactions or parang manage, managing their emotions in regards to changing games. So because for me, I'm always very familiar with like either... Um, we quit the game, for example, because I've been playing a lot of mobile games for the longest time, like mm-hmm. Dragonest. I've been playing a lot of MOBAs. I've been playing a lot of different um, gacha games. That That's also a guild-centric system. And it's always so very hard managing people when you tell them that, hey, we're moving games or hey, we're moving <laughs> uh, to a different... Uh, so how was the transition how, for you? How was the experience of transitioning from NA to to global for you was everyone okay with it how did you manage people that weren't okay with it um so we had basically taken a poll at this point and uh, see how people felt about na and it was it was basically the consensus was basically na was just dying um mm-hmm. the fact that um they merged like you know out of the there's there's four major servers and then uh they merged you know two of each of the major servers and the fact that like um there's still not enough guilds to actually make War of Imperium as like dynamic as it should be in you know in what you would expect in RO um, was a very was, it's a very telling sign that you know mm-hmm. the this game bec- largely in fact to the fact that, that largely in fact to like how it was it was like managed uh, was going to die very very slowly and very painfully and everyone was on board with with your decision not everyone there were definitely like a few couple people who you know, we're still very stubborn about uh, moving over. Um, you know, people that were just like, yeah, I guess we'll try it, uh, all that. And um, I, I've, I did have some people who, you know, just give it give it a shot. And then um, some of them just didn't want to do the grind all over again. Some of them were like, you know, they had uh, a lot invested into NA. And, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't want to start over again, which was understandable. But at, this, at the same time, it's like uh, we had to cut our losses because... The, the the game was is 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 still is like incredibly mismanaged. Like uh, here's here's one example. Here is that uh, for the longest time, uh, there were a lot of like streamers for for Roof NA, um, yeah. and those streamers never got any type of support. Yeah, um, I think they they had the ambassador like was that Psy, that uh, Bella or something. Uh, Bella, yeah, some uh, yeah, uh, that... I forgot. And then uh, I think she's Filipino, right? 
Yeah, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So yeah, that yeah. one made sense because <laughs> like I saw that interview and she actually used to play RO in the Philippines too. So I was like, okay, all right. So she's not just like some famous person. Oh, like, relatable. Yeah. I like her, like Yasi Pressman. For some for some reason, I don't know. I've, yeah. I've never heard about her about after them announcing that she's the ambassador. Yeah. So, <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. Go. Yeah. So uh, I mean, basically that that was it, and then and then after that it kind of went downhill. Like I they hired I believe, somebody who played who didn't even play. Uh, RO before I think she played um, uh, FPS games, so you know that wasn't gonna stick. Um, and they, you know, they eventually they put Sai in, and then all, this whole time I was like, you realize like you're spending all this marketing budget on these people, and you have to realize like when people want and they're Asian like, people, uh. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and the thing about it was like they, you have all these people who are interested in in streaming the game. And supporting the game and like when people want to find out more about the game they usually go to youtube and if there's somebody live streaming it there's a resource that they can use right away and they can ask questions too but th- these streamers that like you know that have been streaming this game for a long time they just never got any support and it, the, the funny thing is like instead of spending all this marketing money on sai on like all these other streamers that could care less they could have actually not spent any money and use the virtual currency that they can create out of thin air which is neon berries and maybe rewarded these streamers with that and encouraged people to stream more, right? And if they did that, then, like, the the, in, the huge amount of, like, streamers just for the game in terms of, like, volume will be a very healthy time for the game because if somebody goes and looks up, uh, you know, Ragnarok Origin, like, Twitch stream, Twitch streams, and there's only, like, one person there, then obviously that's, like, they're probably just going to turn around and it's like, okay, this game is dead, right? So it's not a good, it's never a good sign to have something like that. But if they had... Mm done something like that it would have been great so but that, that's not even the worst part of the story so once we had all decided to go to global they the cms i'm not going to name who uh, actually reached out to the streamers and offered them like a partnership finally but the thing it was like they didn't even have like uh like a, a, plan, a plan yet but, yeah. they just said something like yeah um there's nothing set in stone yet uh, we don't know what it what's going to happen yet but uh we're planning on it. So you can tell from that it was very like last minute. It was like a reactionary play almost of, of yeah. you know of the imminent uh exodus from NA to global. And that just kind of solidified our decision even more. It's like wow, these guys just do not know what they're doing at this point. So let's it you know, let's you know cut our losses. Let's go ahead and have fun in global where there's gonna be a lot more people, there's gonna be a lot more like you know, competition than here. And you know. That that that's basically how we uh we all ended up in global, and a lot of the members that were kind of iffy about it before, once they heard that, they were like, okay, yeah, let's just go. Mm-hmm. And and I think um if I recall correctly, during the CBT, they were talking about opening servers for other time zones. Although of course I don't think that's the table for us to go there now. But I think for a lot of different, like I remember um I was talking to. I forgot uh, Sagara of Sugar. He's like I think his his North NA uh, North America or like Brazilian. Sorry if I'm not I'm not so sure about his nationality, but yeah, yeah. the time zone is really bad for him. So he's looking forward to um, Ragnarok Origin Global releasing servers for different time zones. Yeah. I don't know. Does it? Do you think there's a possibility that Ragnarok Origin NA merges into Ragnarok Origin Global in a different as a different server? But but it will be uh, gravity. Are all global devs handling the server? After a um, while, that would be interesting. To be honest, 
Yeah, I think if because I mean, there's in a way there's a possibility because of how accelerated uh, things seem to be on our end. So there's going to be a time when we actually catch up to where NA 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 is at the moment. Um, and it's definitely not the first time they've done it. They've done it before when uh, like when PRO Philippines Ragnarok Online was shutting down. They had actually oh, yeah. made you know made another server in IRO and had people you know have the choice to migrate over there, which they did. Um, so it's it wouldn't be the first time that they did it. Um, you know they would have to figure out how how to implement it, like you know merge them with a server or give them their own servers over here, and you know finally give them uh, the PC client that they you know because it, it, yeah. it's definitely not new um, in terms of having. Uh, having like different um, um, multi multi time uh, zone patches game I'd say. yeah because like yeah like, like the newer servers like even like, now even now yeah yeah like the newer servers are now they don't even have the uh the gacha that we have they have to wait till like next week or two weeks or something like that so it's not like you know it's not like it, it's 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 a it's a boring concept right now it's happening right now so i definitely can see it happening um it, it definitely would be a, a lot better look than just shutting down the servers and you know people that have spent you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars over there just have their you know their investment quote unquote uh just be fully wasted uh yeah so uh, but, but yeah do, do you still have time to spare you're still okay to like i, I think i have like a oh, few yeah, more yeah, yeah. questions to go before yeah. I, I before i end this episode i actually wanted to ask about how you deal with rivalry so of course regardless if you're in the top guild or in the lower uh lower ranks of the guild sometimes you'll have a lot of of uh, rivalries you have a lot of trash talkers you have a lot of haters who will like talk about your guild especially when you're at the top there will be always there will always be a lot of people talking about um how you probably don't deserve to, to be there um how do you manage these things or how do you deal with this with these types of of guilds for example yeah um or did you get my question sorry i was, I was trying to articulate yeah. it well but yeah, yeah. yeah i did i did so um I kind of deal with it by not dealing with it, if that makes sense. Um, mainly because like managing the three guilds and then at the same time doing content creation, uh, especially with like the, the the whole grind thing, especially uh, you know even with that gun, I, that means I have I cannot refocus into like other things. I just don't have the time uh, to deal with the trash talk and everything. Um, I know like somebody even came to my stream once and said that like hey. It's like, why do you make all this trash talk? I was like, that's very uh, presumptuous of you to say that. Like, I would actually have the time or energy to make an alt for you and trash talk mm. you when I could just trash talk you now because like we're trashing you every single forty v forty, right? But I don't have time for that, <clears throat> and um, you know I don't want to put them down like that as well because like you know that causes like a drop in morale. Not even if it's not their leadership, but their other members, it's going to cause a drop in morale, and that's going to like cause people to quit sometimes and i don't want to do that uh nor do i have the time or energy to do that um so uh what happens now then is because i just focus on organizing the guild um trying to stay on top and um what happens then is that like instead of us trash talking there's actually people from other guilds just doing the trash talking for us um uh, probably yeah. people that have also been aggrieved by uh the other com- the other trash talking guilds in some way like whether it's like a grind spot or maybe like they got you know some harassed or something or trash talked as well um and basically just people coming to our defense in world chat without us having to do anything um 
because we don't need to do anything, right? It's like uh, at the end yeah. of the day, it, it, all, it, all that matters is did you win 40 v 40? All that matters is did you get the cards that you need in guild expedition, right? So um, there's a lot of things that you could put your focus in, but uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter uh, a lot. <laughs> you just have to yeah. focus on staying at the top because like there's a lot of work to do. Um, and we don't really have the luxury of, you know, entertaining, um, like trash talking, like me, me personally, at least, or our officers. Yeah. Like, you. yeah. Did, did you experience the same thing in, in NA? <clears throat> like, were there a lot of fights, inter-guild fights, um, that, that went a little bit too personal in NA? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I definitely had a few of those in NA. Um, with the, the you know, it, it, it was the same approach that I had before. Um, I was focus- focusing on the podcast a lot. I was focusing on just managing the guild a lot. And uh, people just had their opinions of me. And people just had uh, their opinions formed of me from other people that had opinions of me and never really got to know me. And the funny thing is, like, I actually made a lot of friends um, when people started talking to me and actually started hanging out with me. Um, because, like, they... And, you know, it's like... It's like on the other perspective, I was demonized. Now, in their perspective, now talking to me, they're like, "Wait, he's not what they have been telling me what he's like, supposed to it's be." It's unfair. Like, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not like he's not this like guy who uh, is just like toxic. Like he's just, he's just he's just a regular guy that you can just hang out with, and you can just like if you have fun, you have fun. But you know, again, if if you perform in any type of way, you don't even have to be number one. You can be number two, number three, or something like that. And people always have something to say. And um, it's always a, it's always it's kind of I, I don't know if I could call it a treat or it's almost like a, a funny thing that uh, you have to learn how to navigate through that. It's like you can't just uh, at some point it's like do you just you know uh, keep up with the stoicism or do you you know kind of have to like clarify put something out there a little bit to clarify that like hey like these allegations they're actually not true and this is why and um, that's what happened in an a little bit. Um, I actually got more flack for it because I what I would do is I would quote unquote like keep receipts. I would keep a lot of screenshots of like what people said that I know that like they might use against me in the future. And then um, when once they did that, I would bust out the screenshots. And then uh, for some reason that would uh, not make them back off. That would actually make them more mad because uh, people don't like it when they're proven wrong or when they have been exposed uh, publicly that, that that they lied about the accusations that they made. And uh, that definitely made it pe- made people taking a lot more personally. So yeah. uh, you can't win. That's the thing. Uh, so it's, you kind of just have to figure it out at some point. Like, hey, just let it be. There's, you have a lot of things to focus on. Just focus on that, and maybe like drop like drop a fact like here and there. Just to you know put something out there, and you know say otherwise, uh, despite all the allegations. And you know, and the people who you know who who see through all the bullshit basically will just defend you almost because like, you know, there's people out there, there's definitely people out there that can't stand seeing all the bullshit when they know that it's all lies and when they know it's all wrongs and they just have to speak up for it. And those people are usually like the unsung heroes and you can see them all over world chat sometimes. Yeah. I, I think it really also comes with the territory, being a being a lead, being a prominent figure, like also being a content creator. So I actually wanted to do, I wanted to talk about that, but I think I'll reserve that for another episode about your background in content creation, how you got into it, etc., etc. Because I think that's a whole hour again of conversation. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But um, I think that really comes with the territory, and it's amazing how different people deal with this this types of stuff. So that's why I think it's already also always motivating for me to talk to different people of different guilds of different servers because it's nice to get their perspective on how they deal with this different type of things. Yeah. Um, I think before I end this episode, I just want to ask, like, in regards to at least, let's talk about a little bit about the system. Um, do you have any strong opinion, or like, do you have any opinion on the current guild system? There are actually a lot of things that change from ROV one mm-hmm. in terms of the guild system here in 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 Ragnarok Origin Global versus like the the version one. Um, did 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 you, did you like these changes? Were there any changes that you think? Um, uh, how do you call this? Um, is more prominent or parang you like or there are a lot of things that I, maybe they could improve on it a little bit. Like Although they retained a little bit like the Imperium. Yeah, like the number. To be honest, for me, I'm always very... I always reacted with the amount of members you can have in a guild. Because I'm so used to having like maybe just 60 members, 50 members in a guild. And I was always so surprised about the number of people you can fit in a guild. I think the max is 180, right? In V1, how, what's, what's the max? Is it also 180? It, it, it was also like one uh, 180. Yeah. So, in a way, it's because it's a mobile game, there's a lot of people that... that yeah, but around around that, that number range, right? But it, yeah. it's always so hard to maintain, especially for the, for the lesser or the more casual guilds. It's so hard to maintain a full guild. And then I was actually very surprised, or hindi naman surprised, parang I, I like that they had this server, uh, this guild merge system already yeah. just so you don't waste the effort mm-hmm. because when a lot of people quit it's so hard to re-recruit people again yeah exactly um yeah so in terms of guild systems i feel like uh, a lot of the stuff that they implemented definitely um uh worked out uh pretty well um we could use a lot more features probably like quality quality of life features that would um uh, keep a lot i'm gonna of- say one uh, a log for the auction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, uh, we should. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it would, um, it's not a good dynamic to have in a guild, and it's definitely not healthy. And it's it's something that's like easy to implement for the devs, but um, uh, you know, it, it it's something that uh, like nobody wa- wants to be in that type of environment where like they don't know who to trust because like there's no accountability of of some of you know of some sort. Um, yeah, you know, actually, I, I was talking to some friends that saying I, I think that's a conspiracy theory that they don't want to fix just so that it could keep the competition going. Because after a while, if you like, you start to distrust yeah. some of your members, and then they start to leave, and they they form their own guild, and then you realize that it's a different member that was doing that, and then they start to leave, and then it creates a more competitive ecosystem. Yeah. I don't know if they're intentionally not fixing that or not putting that. You know, yeah, just yeah. so that it can create this type of, of environment. I don't know. We're just we're just um, kidding around and just talking about this conspiracy. <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely would not be a good thing for them to do. Uh, you never you never want to discourage people and give them a reason to get frustrated with your game and uh, and eventually like you know quit because of it. Because like once they quit, that's it. Like that's minus one permanently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think the the good uh, the good. Activities were still retained. I think even like the Empire buff, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, I was tr- I'm trying to think about something that they removed from ROV one. Oh yeah. Um, the with the guild hunt. system. It's the guild hunt. The guild hunt. You know, yeah. it's so easy to abuse, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I, a lot of all the competitive guilds know about abusing the guild hunts, or or do they not? 
Uh, they probably do. Uh, the whole thing where like you leave the hard one like one spot and then all, everybody forms parties and everybody. they all go in at the same time. We actually yeah. asked about that too, and and uh, like for the NA devs, and I was like, hey, uh, is this a bug or we can just like, keep doing this? And again, like they were non-committal to the response, and they're like, and we were like, well, all right, you know what, like. I mean, might as well do it. <laughs> Everybody yeah, gets eventually it. they removed it. <laughs> they just removed it, like they didn't bother fixing it. Yeah, yeah. But actually, for me, I just wanted to comment on. I think the guild system in Ragnarok Origin Global is one of the better out of the. I still consider this somewhat a gacha mobile game. So yeah. I think a lot of the gacha mobile games that I played, I think this is one of the more. Um, how do you say this? The more friendlier, forgiving type of guild system, yeah. And it, 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 it really, I think it still somehow captured the community um, portion, yeah, of Ragnarok Online. So, yeah, yeah that, that's just my comment. Um, yeah, that's true. Do you have anything else to say about the, about the guild system, about managing guilds? Uh, any any advice to like to people who are like just wanted to start a guild or like what? wanted to start a community, interested to start a community, or oh. like tips on how to maintain one um so if you're willing to start a guild uh before you even start a guild um especially if you have a community beforehand i would definitely it's definitely a healthy thing to kind of uh, identify what you want to accomplish first so everybody is on the same page um because um going into it without pre-planning something like that a lot of like guild guild stuff is like pre-planning like you know like setting expectations like that um, so you don't want to go into yeah. it with, like a competitive mindset, and like not everybody it, it even knows. Like they think they're just sitting there to play game, and all of a sudden, like you're doing all these competitive things, and they're like, "Oh, wait, wait, hold on! Like I didn't sign up for this." Right? Yeah. Um, and and same thing goes with uh, all the guild events, right? Like time space, where it's like guild league, guild expedition. A lot of the a lot of the work for these uh, events come before the event even starts. So yeah. Uh, it's not just like you're, you know, the event matters only when the event's already happening. It's a lot of like pre-preparation beforehand, and that's how you, you know, set people up for success. Yeah, and I think even for the members, um, there are a lot of things that the leads don't tell you that they're doing. So it's always easy to criticize, and it's always easy to, but it's, but I think it's always nice to do constructive criticism. I think that's that's the best word. Just constructive criticism is the key. It's, yeah. There's sometimes there's really bad criticism, so there's always a lot of things that's happening behind the scenes, and it's 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 always easy to say that oh I did this skill I did this skill, but it's so hard to actually maintain it. Like starting is yeah. easy, starting is maintaining easy. it is the yeah. yeah maintaining it is the the hard part, you know yeah yeah. So you really need to like to find a group of people that you really trust. And I I think for me um even with my small guild before and I, like like some of the guys that are here in Dynasty, I was able to somehow, like, this guildmates I've been playing with, I think, for like eight plus years already. I I, I created a way of trust. That's why, I, that's why now I'm not leading a guild. I'm just, I have one character who the three of us who are playing this character. <laughs> it's because we really don't have the time anymore to to do hardcore and don't and we still we're still very competitive at heart. Yeah, but you know, so that that's the is crazy yeah. for anybody to like. Yeah, I know. I hope they they honestly do something about it. Um, just really not that maybe I for me personally like maybe they could reduce the number of events, increase the rewards. Not, you know, or increase then, the rewards and, yeah. and reduce the amount of like events because it's very. Like what? Do you, like, you know, when you think about it, it's like, what's the day off? The only day off you get is like what Friday, 
Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember before, I think it's just three rounds of cooking, right? Um, in V1. Yeah, yeah. It's but, yeah, well, you had like your cooking and then you had your weekend cooking. Um, yeah. And now it's like, which, which in the weekend cooking is the only one that technically matters. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're just aiming for guild points, right? Yeah. So. so basically, now they had like cooking every single day. But the thing is, like, oh my God. <laughs> you don't want to miss out on it either because like it has yeah, pretty good rewards and. You know. Yeah, it's great rewards. Uh, yeah, so, so that to like maybe two, and just increase the rewards appropriately. So they, you know, it's still yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, I, I think they'll have to deal with player retention after a few months. I, right now, probably it's not that big. Um, not even yet. me, I'm I'm very surprised that a lot of people are not quitting. Like I remember when we were talking during CBT, right? Yeah. We were saying that maybe after the fir- first month, around fifty percent of the people in the guild will quit. Yeah. I'm still surprised that not not maybe just around, I think our attention is maybe 80, 90 percent. Definitely. Just a, a just a ballpark number. Because I was yeah a lot better than we thought. Because the reason why like I wanted to get all three hundred like 30 something players uh, uh, in on the same server was because I was expecting like by the end of like the first month and a half we'd have maybe 120 if we're lucky of the 330 people and it turns out we're still filling out like you know 145 men like guilds like <laughs> yeah so that definitely and there are a lot of, still a lot of applications coming in right yeah it, so when we're trying we underestimated the southeast asian crowd <laughs> <laughs> Because it's always yeah. like, there's always the intro voice, right? And you always expect yeah. it in any game. And I, I don't know if it just has something to do with like the fact that, that they like being in an organized guild, or like maybe it, it's just like the IP, also. IP itself. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is, but uh, you know, I'm happy to see it for sure. Yeah. So in a way, I'm, I'm now I'm just really looking forward to like inter-server activities. Mm-hmm. Like anything you're looking forward to before we end the episode? Definitely the cross server stuff. I'm I've been scouting a lot of players from other servers. Um, they're looking pretty good. Um, so it's gonna be a lot more work on our end as well because um, you know uh, there's certain resources that they have that we don't. So we just have to find oh, yeah? a way to kind of circumvent that. Uh, and by resource, yeah, I mean like I have, credit. I have to call my my bank again. <laughs> <laughs> those resources <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah but, but we're looking forward to that both of us so yeah. anything else you want to say anything else you want to say to the like as oh, you want to plug you want to plug your 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 content your social medias oh no like I, I mean I'm, I'm, just, I'm just I'm just happy to be here uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for having me um, but yeah, yeah. What's, your, what's your YouTube channel uh, that's a good question what is my YouTube channel <laughs> because <laughs> when you start guesting in different uh, in different channels you have to be yeah. able to like oh you follow me and like blah 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 oh, yeah. me, uh, blah. so uh, YouTube I don't, I'm not sure if this is how it works but like basically you, you just type at little fatty gaming uh, on the YouTube search bar and then you should be able to find my channel uh, you know you go ahead and subscribe if you want like information that uh, has been personally tested by me and uh, if you want to pay attention to the streams, to the streams, uh, usually people that pay attention to the streams, like this previous like uh, Sky Petite whole debacle thing, um, people were saying that I've only posted it like a few days uh, after people maybe surpassed it. But in reality, I have been talking for it for about like two, three weeks uh, in advance. And the people that were paying attention to the stream definitely got to enjoy like a lot of this stuff. And so I cons- I constantly try to find things like this and 
usually I find it out. I find out about these things on stream. So if you want to be one of the first ones that man get to see that, get to enjoy it, get to you know experience it, then you know uh, feel free to tune in. Do you have a set time of stream? Uh, not at the moment. I I will uh, soon because uh, I'm done with the 14 hour grinds. <laughs> Maybe there's a new. I remember that there's another one. I think at around level 90, if oh, I'm not God. mistaken, in the in the glass team one. Yeah. Um, do, we'll, do you know about we'll, that? We'll see. I heard, I heard about that, but I haven't tried. Long enough to actually do it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they did change the whole uh, channel change thing. So let's we'll see. We'll see how. Maybe maybe. Yeah. We'll <laughs> yeah. We'll run the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so I guess just just hang out at this at Little Fatty's YouTube channel, just so maybe now he'll have a, a more um, stable schedule, right? In streaming and <laughs> how about content? How how often do you release your content? Oh, yeah. Or anything you're working on in that or your next video? Um, right now, I what I do, I do a lot of like passionate reads, and because uh, a a lot of viewers told me they wanted my opinion on it they wanted me they also want me to review all the other new packs that come out see if it's worth it or not a lot of the times like in terms of like Ron Yan they are worth they are quote unquote worth it but then when you look at the intrinsic value of like the items that are in it then things tend to change a little and I think that's what people enjoy and what's what people look forward to um, but yeah I do a lot of those things uh, you know in terms of like guild events guild Like, you know, or, or uh, game events or sales and stuff like that. So if you want me to kind of like narrow it down for you, make make the make the decision a little bit easier for you if you want to buy it or if you want to skip it, then you know feel free to uh, tune into that as well. Because now that I actually have a lot more free time, that means I can edit videos uh, a lot more often now. I can actually have a better schedule because before it was 14 hour grind, uh, you know, guild events, arranging guild. Uh, rosters and all that, and then by the time I'm done with all those things, I only have like maybe an hour or two to sleep. Monitoring bloody branch. Yeah, uh, yeah. So someone's <laughs> keep people. That's crazy, man. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's 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 actually crazy because like before, um, before I did this, before did the bloody branch monitoring, um, uh, we were not meeting the the metrics that we were supposed to hit. With the amount of people that we had, and you can't even deny it because the channel is full. There's a certain number of yeah. you know that needs to be when a channel is full. So you were not hitting those metrics. And when I started started to keep people accountable, and all of a sudden we're like surpassing what we were doing on day one, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's uh, you you expect a lot of that yeah. if you're handling a 300 man guild. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there will always be someone who won't follow the yeah. the rules. You know, so. Yeah. All right. I have I just have requests for content. Maybe uh, little fatty mukbang while doing guild league. <laughs> Consider that and then video ke video ke while doing guild expedition <laughs> for future content. Ah, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah, I've I've done in a in a different castle. What different you games. did? Yeah. Uh, black oh really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, try try doing those content. All right. Yeah. So again, thank you for the time, Fatty. I, I'm sorry, but we got a lot, a little bit, or like a lot of overtime no, from no, our agreed upon. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed our, our small talk, and we hope to see you again. I'm sure uh, we have an upcoming episode also that we talked about. Uh, maybe we'll we'll make yeah. some time for it in the next coming week. So yeah, for sure. Hope to see you again. See you again next time, man. Alright, man. Bye, everybody. Peace.